couple of weeks ago, we talked about the radical shift that comes from dying to live. And at its core and essence, the shift that we are called to is to shift from self-centeredness to Christ-centeredness. And it's the shift that comes when we surrender. It's the core shift. It's the first. It's the shift that we always must come back to. It's the shift we never get away from. Whatever the question is, the answer is always surrender. What do I do, Lord? Surrender. I don't know what to do, Lord. Surrender. He always calls us deeper into surrender. Always. Always. Last week, we looked at a second shift that had to do with listening up. And the core shift that we're invited into is the shift of obedience. You all know that the root word of obedience means to listen. Obedience, if you want a a simple uh, definition of obedience, it's listen plus do equals obedience. Listen and then do. Sometimes we're all crowded up in our heads with our own self-agendas. We're so busy, busy, busy in our heads and we're so busy, busy with our hands. And he says, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. And I've called you friend. Jesus says in John 15. Because a friend knows what his friend's doing and what he's up to. So listen, listen. In obedience. Shift one, surrender. Core shift two, obedience. And now this morning. Holy mackerel. Sorry, coming undone here. It's presence, not program. See, here's what's going on. Jesus, Peter, James, and John have been up on the mountain. The transfiguration has happened. In the transfiguration, literally the veil is taken off and Jesus is revealed to those three in all of His glory. And while they're up on the mountain with Jesus... Earthly stuff is still going on. And there's a daddy. His heart is suffering because his little boy has been so ill. 
as we read the account from a medical perspective, we would understand that this little boy is suffering from epilepsy. But in this case, it's more than just a physical illness that's happened. There's a, there's a spirit behind that illness in this instance. And we see it because this, the spirit is, and, and this is what the, this is what the enemy always tries to do is to distort and ultimately tries to destroy the very image of God that's stamped upon us as humans. Tries to throw him in the fire, tries to drown him. The enemy comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus comes to bring life And so this daddy takes his son and he brings him to the disciples. Because the messengers, the disciples in discipleship, the messengers, the the followers are to carry the very same essence or the very same thing. They they are to be as the Master Himself. They are to to carry the presence Ah, there's some scribes there, some teachers of the law. They're talking with the... uh, Disciples arguing with them. Now, do you catch this, what's going on? The religious folks have come to examine what Jesus is up to. And they're in an argument with the disciples. And this daddy's there with his heart breaking. We can get so busy. Religious stuff. All the arguments and all the stuff going on right in front of us. It's a world that's just looking for the presence of God. This boy needs to be healed. Jesus comes and shows up in the scene and everybody goes, wow, we were just talking about you. (laughs) And here you are. Jesus begins to redirect the conversation. What are you arguing about? And they talk. And it tells us in one of the parallel gospels that the father comes and falls on his knees before Jesus and says, help me. Help me. Help my boy. Help me. If you can, Jesus. If you can. 
do anything. Take pity on us. Help us. I don't know about you. I've been there. Jesus, if you can, if you can, would you please come? Jesus says, if you can, everything is possible for him who believes. Everything is possible. So here's the first of two questions I have for you this morning, and this is where we're honing in, so focus right now. Just come right in, right now. What does Jesus mean here? There's three options. The first is this. I, Jesus, can do everything because of the amount or quality of my faith. I can do everything, don't you know? Well, that's true. He can. But I'm not sure if that's really what he was getting at right here. So there's another option. Option number two. Well, everything's possible for you if you only have that amount or quality of faith. Like me. Well, that sounds kind of plausible. But is that what Jesus is saying? Is he really saying it's on you and your faith? You just got to crank it up a little harder. I don't know. That feels like a a weight and a burden that's more than I can bear. I don't know about you. So how about maybe one other option? Do you think he could be saying everything is possible if you have faith in what I can do for you? It's not so much about you cranking up a formula in your heart and trying to work it up from the, you know, from you and just. It's opening your hands. Saying, Jesus, everything is possible in you. So I look to you right now. Help me, Jesus. Have pity on me. Because I can't do it, but I know, I know, I know, I know you can. And I got nowhere else to go but you. So here's the point I want you to think about this morning. And here's the takeaway that I want you to have. The point is not the degree. 
the, the, the quantity, as it were, of our faith, but it's the depth of our relationship of trust in Him. He's calling us to deeper trust. He's calling us to a place of deeper trust in Him. It's not about you working it up. It's about you opening up and trusting in the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Which means you're going to have to get to know Him more. Because when you know Him more, you'll know what He's really able to do. And you're going to trust Him. The more you know Him, the more you're going to trust Him. The more you know Him, the more you're going to love Him. It's really, it's about a relationship. That's what He's inviting us into, is a deeper relationship of trust in Him. Do you get this? It's a shift. You're going to have to think about it. And I, I'm just, you know... The shift is happening in my own soul. So I'm just inviting you into the journey with me. I believe, help my unbelief. I love that prayer. Because that's real. Like somebody told me this week, it was really helpful. The goal of your Christian life is not to become more pious, it's to become more real. So we just sometimes think, oh, if I just come a little more pious, then God will do what I want Him to do. He just wants you to be more real. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. That's where it's at. Now we can talk. That's friends. I can talk to my best friend, my wife, and I don't have to put on the artifice. We can be really real with each other. Because we're in relationship and we trust one another. Do you get it? See it? All right. One more question. What does Jesus mean when he says, this kind can only come out by prayer? Now, there's a lot we could talk about here, but can we just get the fan going for just a moment? Just, I don't know about anybody else. You all will be freezing. The coats will come out, but I'm, thank you. Just for a couple minutes. Thanks. So what does Jesus mean when he says this kind can only come out by prayer? Choice number one is this. You haven't prayed correctly. If you just had said the right words, that would have done it. Bummer. You just didn't pray quite right. You just need to pray a little more correctly. Come on. I don't know about you, but 
Anybody else think that way? Am I the only one? Y'all more, more spiritual than I am. Okay. If I just pray more correctly. Well, yeah. We do need to learn how to pray more correctly. That's why the disciples said, teach us to pray. And Jesus teaches us to pray. We do need to learn how to pray, quote, more correctly. But I don't really think that's what was going on here. Well, then it must be this. You just haven't prayed hard enough. Mm, if you just prayed a little harder now. Come on. Push it out a little harder. Come on. Maybe if you just got a little bit of into that prayer. Some of your translation says this kind can only come out by prayer and fasting. And really, as you go back to the originals, I think it's right to end with the prayer. But fasting, the, the principles are the same. We think we haven't fasted correctly or we haven't fasted hard enough. I don't know about anybody else. I mean, when I fast, you know, I got a whole lot of stuff going on in my head. And I'm thinking, all right, now God... Like you see what I'm doing here, right? And it's really good. I'm doing this for you. And I just got a few things that I need you to do for me. Okay? So, crank on the arm of God a little bit. Well, the Bible says we need to persevere in prayer talks about the persistent widow it says yeah you need to pray more <clears throat> now I could get a witness here this morning I can get a hundred percent participation on this one how many of you think that you don't pray enough <laughs> yeah but you know what I don't think that's the point. Because that's a manifest... You walk out of here today thinking, I just got to pray more. Well, that's just great. How's that making you feel? Is that really motivating you? I think there's another. And that is, you haven't connected with God's heart. Through radical, reliant trust. Here we are back to trust again. You see, the disciples, they'd cast out demons before. They knew the formula. They had the program. You know? They were producing the scroll, deliverance, in three easy steps. They were going to put on the seminar... They only forgot one thing. It's presence, not a program. It's a relationship, not a religion. It's a friendship, not a formula. Come on, is there anybody out here?
You see, here's what God, here's the takeaway. This is a, a quote I recently read from John Ortberg, and I would invite you to write this down and remember this. Go ahead. The goal of prayer is not to get good at praying. The goal is not to set new records for how much time we spend in prayer. The goal of prayer is to live all of my life and speak all of my words in the joyful awareness of the presence of God. That's what it's about, people. Oh, we get that confused so easily, as did the disciples. Do you get this? Are, are you are you feeling? Is there something shifting? Something when I when I get a hold of and I right now it's still glimpses and I feel like God's, you know, I feel the I feel the stone moving in the foundation of my heart. But I really want it to move, you know. God said there would be joy in my house of prayer for all nations. Prayer isn't like some burden that I have to carry around. All day, every day, I get to be with Him. When my son looks at me, have you noticed? My boy has got like this smile that lights up the you know that, Lynn? You seen that smile? I just love that smile. He looks at me, I look, at, and it's like, it's the joyful awareness of the presence of God. Everything that you do, oh, we, we carve it all up in compartments, and we got the spiritual stuff that we do, and then we got the other stuff. In God's eyes, in God's heart, there is no compartment. It's all Him, all the time. So when you're at work, when you're at school, when you're in your neighborhood, when you're with your spouse, when you're with your family, when you're with your friends, when you're at church, everywhere you are, live in the joyful awareness of God's presence. It'll start to change you. That's the point. And we get ourselves and we and we intentionally carve space in our lives, either individually or corporately, to, to be in a saturated presence of the Lord like we are here this morning. That's wonderful. And we need that because it reminds us, because we got really good forgetters and we forget that He's present. But this is available all the time. You just got to shift and adjust and go, oh yeah, you're here. He's here right now. And he's here right now tomorrow morning when you're getting up for work. And when you're struggling with your kid and you're pulling out your hair. He's here right now. He's here right now. 
Just call to him. He's here right now. Come on, come on. When you're in pain, when you're hurting, he's here right now. When it seems like nothing is going the way it should, he is here right now. All the time, he is here. Stand up, he is here. Come on. So, we got our three shifts here. The first one is the shift to surrender. The second shift is the shift to obedience. The third shift, the shift that the Lord is bringing into our hearts this morning, is dependence. I can do nothing without you. I can do nothing without you, Jesus. I'm so sorry I forget that all the time. Would you remind us again this morning to be radically reliant, trust in you, for you are here. You are here. You are here. All right. This needs a response this morning. So he's here right now. If you just want to come and present whatever it is before him. You don't need a formula. You don't need a program right now. You just need the presence of God. Would you just come? Come on, we're just going to soak in His presence here a little bit. I'm going to give a benediction in a moment because I know that, yeah, there's places to go. It's all right. No problem. But you just need right now, whatever it is, come on. Jesus, I believe, help my unbelief. Come on, receive this morning. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Come on. Maybe you've never received Jesus your Savior today, today is the day of salvation. He is calling out to you. Maybe life has become kind of formulaic. Maybe, maybe your Christian walk has become kind of formulaic. This morning he's saying, I need, I want to be with you. And you're saying, Jesus, I need you, I need you. Have pity on me, I believe, help my unbelief. Come on, whatever the situation, whatever the circumstance, come. Come, bring it to Him. Jesus, come. Lord, You are here. If you see somebody up here you want to come and pray with or just uh, prayer folks, elders, leaders, 
You all know who you are. Come on, step out right now. Let's surround our friends. Let's just be some Jesus with skin on this morning and bless. Come on. Don't hesitate. Just step out. This is your invitation. Please come right now. Need you. Mm. We open our hands. Oh, Jesus. Thank you this morning for the gift of dependence upon you. And forgive us, Lord, for how self-reliant we so often are. Jesus, we just want to confess that before you. We confess our sin before you, Lord, that we've been independent and doing it our own way and doing our own stuff and that we've compartmentalized our lives and God, forgive us, please. Have mercy on us, O God, I pray today. We need you to come and cleanse us and heal us from all of our unrighteousness, God. So come today and purify our hearts, we pray, with your precious, glorious presence. Lord, for all who are here this morning, who are in need, who are here at the altar just waiting upon you, come. Come, Lord, and bless each one, each one in the pews, each one who couldn't be with us this morning, God. Extend the banner of your grace and love and kindness over all, Lord, for your glory. And now open your hands as we pray the benediction. I pray, God, that the immeasurable love of God the Father, the irresistible mercy and grace of Jesus the Son, and the inexhaustible strength and power of the Holy Spirit will be with you and yours as you go from this house to your house. Go in the joyful awareness that He is with you always, even to the end of the age. And may His banner of grace and blessing and favor be over you and yours until we meet again. Here, there, in the air. (laughs) I bless you, people of God, Bethel Christian Fellowship. I bless you. In the name of the Lord, I bless you. Go in peace. Go in the goodness of God. Amen. If you're staying, please stay for the Mission Catalyst time with the OM folks. Please visit their table. Join us again this evening. God bless you. We'll see you soon. Amen.